It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Yo, it is another edition of This Week in Fantasy, a week nine edition, as after this weekend we will be officially more than halfway through the 2018 football season. It is hard to believe, so let's get to it as always. I'd like to welcome in my guy, the man I get the pleasure of talking to every week, and we get to talk about fantasy football, so it doesn't really get much better than that. Follow his work over at footballguys.com. He is a co-owner there, of course. The Audible, eight days a week with Cecil Lammy. And uh, follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. Mr. Sigmund Bloom, what's up, brother? Oh, happy Halloween to everybody. And uh, otherwise, I hope everyone's enjoying this, this NFL season. I think the trade deadline was another excellent release of energy. The whole idea of quarterbacks in their rookie contract creating that window to go for it. Uh, very co- close to home I'm, for the listener base here. Uh, so it should give the team a boost, the fans a boost, and not just there, but of course we saw Dallas do the same thing, all rookie contract, uh, Rams getting Fowler, uh, and of course Houston getting Demarius Thomas. So you see that theme. Football can be kind of like fantasy football. This is Golden Tate Nation, baby. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, of course, get into the, uh, the fantasy ramifications of that, but I don't think us and uh, Philadelphia really care whether Golden Tate's putting up fantasy points. We just want them to put up... Real points, but Sigmund, the reason people are here is for the fantasy points. And uh, Golden Day will be on bye this week as the Eagles, one of six teams. Sigmund, we're getting hit by buys this week with some uh, some fantasy-relevant players. The Bengals, the Colts, the Giants, the Eagles, the Cardinals, and the Jaguars on by. So hopefully Sigmund can give you some options to help you out as we will go through every single game on the slate as we always do. And then later have a little... 
maybe Halloween-inspired fun later in oh, Inside oh, 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 Sigmund oh. Bloom's mind. All right, let's dive in. Uh, speaking of scary, right? The uh, the Thursday Nighter Sigmund in a in a season with what seems like many atrocious Thursday night games. We might have our worst segment. The uh, the yeah. Oakland Raiders heading in to take on the Niners. I like it. I struggle. I know there are a couple fantasy relevant guys yeah. here, but it's rough, Sigmund. Yeah, game for draft position. Uh, <laughs> um, and Chris Berman used to call Tampa Bay and Green Bay when they were division mates the Bay of Pigs game. Both of those teams were not good at, at one point. This is kind of a Bay of Pigs game for the Bay Area. But we're all digging deeper. As you said, six teams on by. So Doug Martin is looking like the good Doug Martin. Oak, th- this is a game. You know, Both of these teams would say, well, they're not going to get blown out this week, probably. Or at least we're not projecting a game script where they're playing from behind. So that's good for Doug Martin. Not so good for Jalen Richard. Uh, you can trust Jared Cook. I suppose Derek Carr is not a bad streaming quarterback. On the San Francisco side, I thought we might see Nick Mullins, the third-string quarterback. It looks like it is going to be C.J. Beathard, though, but the San Francisco offensive line is not protecting for him. They're not opening holes for Matt Breida. Breida at least should get a decent amount of carries, again, because you don't necessarily expect Oakland to run away with this one. So Breida becomes an interesting uh, fill-in running back, too, or if you need a flex play this week, at least Marquise Goodwin has a prayer with C.J. Beathard. George Kittle, oh, you were wondering about what you have there. If Beathard's playing, you're feeling a little bit better about that, but you're not necessarily feeling good if you're a fan of either of these teams even though they're on national tv yeah you're not feeling good about any fan who knows there's football on and this is the only game on and you're not psyched about it and the fact that you were just able to go a minute plus on it is incredibly impressive because this is a dog shit game segment yeah i was uh i think my favorite part of your whole thing was the chris berman reference at the beginning all right uh moving on sunday no london game this week we get a reprieve from the early lineup setting Let's start off with the 1 o'clock game. Sigmund, the uh, Chicago Bears defense hasn't been as great, even though a nice showing last week against the Jets, but hasn't been as great as earlier in the season. But a chance to bounce back this week as they could potentially go up against the worst quarterback in the history of the league, facing the Bills and Nathan Peterman. Sigmund, uh, is this... uh, Obviously, you're starting uh, the Bears defense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> starting the Bears defense uh, against Nathan Peterman. That's like getting the full-size candy bar on Halloween. <laughs> it's a great reference. Yeah, you're yeah, exactly, exactly right. You look inside, and you're like, oh, wow. Nathan Peterman? That is the best. That is. <laughs> so, oh, it's such a gift. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Well, all right, we're playing the Bills. It's great. You, we may see Terrell Pryor at quarterback by the end of this one. Um, Sean McCoy got some dump-offs. You know, uh, On the Bears side, I, I, we, it's like a 22 for 60 in a touchdown kind of game for Jordan Howard. Allen Robinson's a little banged up, so maybe Taylor Gabriel can sneak, sneak behind the defense once here. Uh, Anthony Miller's coming on, playing well. Mitchell Trubisky, maybe not quite as an attractive streamer against Buffalo on the road. Their defense has been pretty stubborn. We saw that Monday night. But uh, yeah, this one is... I think Chicago doesn't get cute with it on offense. Punting is just fine. <laughs> you know, just don't get any turnovers. <laughs> In the two games that the Bills have come alive, it's turnovers that have really sparked them. So expect the Bears to play it really close to the vest and let the defense handle business. I promise we have some good games coming up, Sigmund. Yeah. First two, not so much. This next one's in at least an interesting one. I think certainly some some fantasy relevance in this one with uh, Fitz Magic is back, Sigmund. Uh, the Bucks heading in to take on the Panthers. A big uh, if they want to stay in it, the Bucks need to win this game, kind of thing. And uh, and they're going to Fitz Magic. 
Uh, can you trust him? And what do you think about this game in general? I think you can trust him as much as you did earlier this year. This is going to be a very potent offense. We already know about the target distribution. Uh, you know, it's a bump for Deshaun Jackson, for Mike Evans, for Chris Godwin. Uh, it's probably not as great for Cameron Brait, for Adam Humphreys. I don't think this is a good Peyton Barber game. I do think Brian Fitzpatrick is a top 10 quarterback this week. No doubt about that. Uh, but And Cam Newton might be the number one quarterback this week as that Panthers offense is really coming together and it's getting closer to that Rams Chiefs echelon. If they can put 35 or so on the Ravens, then what are they going to put on the Bucks? Maybe they'll do that in the first half. So Christian McCaffrey more as a receiver than a runner. Looks good in this one. Greg Olson's coming back to life. DJ Moore coming out of his shell for fantasy. You saw last week. I don't think they're going to really be putting him back in the bottle. I know Devin Funches was down a little bit, but we see easy touchdowns against this Tampa Bay defense. It should be an easy game for Carolina, even though it's a divisional game. All right, speaking of good quarterback play, I think another option for the number one quarterback this weekend, the number one of the season, as we all know, uh, the the prodigy, Patrick Mahomes, heading in to take on a reeling Browns team segment. It finally happened. Hugh Jackson, he's gone. And then they went even further and got rid of Todd Haley. Yeah. Uh, a turmoil segment, uh, but also a lot of fantasy-relevant players in this game. Obviously, I think we all know the uh, the Chiefs have some some uh, a chance to put up some points here. What what do you think about this matchup in general and the Browns playing for uh, Bounty yeah. Gate, Greg Williams? Jesus Christ, like, it's such a mess. Yeah, this is a real Halloween Googleish kind of theme here. I mean, the Browns are worse. I, yeah. I don't, I don't. They won a couple games, and now somehow things are even worse than they were before. It's uh, it's wild. It's I guess war. not. You got rid of Hugh Jackson. Yeah, so, like that's a win. You but. you admitted that you were going backwards, and maybe you can be open to going forward now, and we'll see what they do uh, next year. Uh, but for this week, the matchup against Kansas City should force them to open up the offense. Baker Mayfield is a streamer. Now, even if Nick Chubb only gets 10 or 12 carries before this game is out of hand, those, that could be for 80 yards and a touchdown. He could take one of those carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. So you probably want to lean towards him. A lot of volume for Jarvis Landry. I would hope that David Njoku gets more work. I don't understand why he didn't get a target. Yeah, that but, was crazy. Yeah, this is a player that one-on-one. There's nobody on this defense. There's nobody on the Steelers defense. There's nobody on most any defense that can handle him one-on-one. But maybe Duke Johnson, as the game gets out of hand, can pile up some carries, if you're, uh, some catches if you're looking for some cheap points. And then with Kansas City, play all the hits. it looks like Tyreek Hill's fine with that groin issue. But Hill, Watkins, Kelsey, Hunt, uh, you're playing all the hits here. Um, th- this is just a, a little tune-up as we're getting closer and closer to the Mexico City Rams Chiefs clash. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. And uh and uh I'm with you here. Uh certainly the uh the Chiefs offense I I'm going up against Mahomes and Tyreek Hill in the uh, WIP Fantasy League this week and I'm not excited about it. I'm hoping the Browns show some chutzpah. Um but uh but not exactly it's like when, Um and uh I then Joku thing was crazy. Uh, you know, just he was one of the most productive tight ends in the league for like a month and then all of a sudden just disappears. All right. Um we got some good ones coming up Sigmund this next one a little bit less so but I guess it's a uh, uh Potential loser leaves town match in the uh, the AFC East here, even though neither looking great right now. The Jets heading in to take on the Dolphins. Not a ton of fantasy relevance in this one, I would think, Sigmund. Not really. 
Uh, Isaiah Crowell with the backfield mostly to himself uh, against a very poor Dolphins run defense looks okay. Um, on the Miami side, Kenyon Jake's been coming through. Another Brock Osweiler start, short passing game with Danny Amendola should be okay. Uh, we'll see if Devontae Parker gets another start. Uh, and, you know, it, it, like you said, it feels kind of like a loser leave town game. This is how Miami stays in the playoff picture, basically, is yep. every time they're exposed as a pretender, yep. they have to play another pretender and they, they find ways to win those games. But, uh, you know, I think we're seeing now at least Kenyon Drake is defying that split usage to be a safe play every week. And uh, otherwise, this team is not giving us much to be excited about. Saving, I think that's a great point. I feel like the Dolphins win the games against slightly worse and worse teams than them and very rarely win the games against teams that are better than them. I think that's a really uh, a really astute point. All right, uh, Sigmund, you know all about this one. Probably the best rivalry we have in the sport still as uh, these games are always ugly, always vicious. The Steelers heading in to take on the Ravens. Does the, uh, we do, it does seem though this year, I know the Ravens D has been very good, but two uh, more potent offenses. Um, the history of the matchup, does it shy you away at all? Or is this still a, a potential shootout here? It could be. And um, this game does turn into a street fight. This game often can be measured by who had more injuries and the, whoever wins the game, like the teams are weakened for the next few weeks because of how physically intense this matchup always is. There's real hatred and respect. I don't know what you get when you combine this. I'm sure there's a German word for that when you have hate, <laughs> when you when you respect someone that you hate. Uh, but road Ben is not usually that great. It's six teams on by, you know, unless you have an obvious choice, you're still going with him and Obviously, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Vance McDonald uh, at a thin tight end position is still producing pretty well most weeks. And, of course, James Conner. And the game script might not be totally favorable for him, but he's getting a lot of catches out of the backfield every week, too, to give you that high floor. And then on the Baltimore side, Steelers secondary, vulnerable. So you like John Brown maybe to get behind them once. Uh, Michael Crabtree to rack up some catches. And Alex Collins tends to perform well against the Steelers. He's a solid running back, too. He's taking control of the backfield as long as they don't have a game like last week where he had a nice touchdown. He should be able to get up to 15, 18 carries. Uh, But, you know, this and what's really big about this one is if Baltimore wins, they will swept the Steelers. They've already beaten the Steelers in Pittsburgh, and that's not going to be lost on Pittsburgh. So the division often goes through one of these two teams, and this game is going to be big to determine which one. Yeah, it's a great point, even though it's so funny because the ties just completely throw everything off for you, too. But you also have to assume that another team could get another tie down the road. But uh, I'm with you. It is a huge game in terms of the AFC North and how that's going to play out. All right, let's jump in the AFC North to the NFC North as the uh, the Lions reeling a little bit after that loss. Uh, trading away, obviously, Golden Tate, heading into take on a Vikings team coming off a pretty rough loss as well. Sigmund, what do you think about this one? Yeah, we got the Lions, you're liking playing Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay a little bit more, knowing they'll get a few more targets, but I think it's gonna, they're going to go in with a carry-on Johnson game plan most every week now. Please, yeah, please, he's a fantastic please. player, and stick with him. You, you don't have to abandon the run even when you're down two touchdowns, and we'll, you know, we'll see if they stick with that. It is a tough Minnesota defense, but it's a banged-up Minnesota defense. Uh, watch the, a rib issue for Stephon Diggs. We'll watch that. You know Adam Thielen's going to get his 100 yards. Uh, maybe it could be a better game for Kyle Rudolph with the matchup here. Also, Diggs has Darius Slay on him. Latavius Murray has been great 
since he's been filling in for Dalvin Cook, uh, even defying matchups. But this is a good matchup against Detroit at home. So it should be a great Latavius Murray day. Yeah, great matchup, even you might say. And uh, I'm, I'm with you there. Look, uh, must not feel great to have taken Dalvin Cook in the second round or wherever he was going, I yep. would guess. Um, all right, Sigmund, this next game, an interesting one as uh, – as I know that a lot of uh, people here in Philadelphia are going to have a keen eye on this one as uh, Washington is hosting an Atlanta Falcons team that has won a couple games in a row and certainly packs a punch offensively, but Washington, of course, loves to slow it down, grind it out. They should be able to run on the Falcons, I would think. Sigmund, uh, how do you approach this one from a fantasy perspective? You would expect Washington to win out. I mean, they just got ha-ha Clinton Dix, too. So, uh, you know, they've shored up one of the spots, one of the few spots they needed to shore up in their secondary. And Atlanta, I'm not sure that Atlanta is as good of an offense as their stats indicate. And they've had some big days against the likes of Carolina and New Orleans at home and Cincinnati at home. Uh, But... When they went to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh got a lot of pressure on them and really made their offense look pretty feeble. They weren't great against the Giants. They didn't blow the Giants' defense away going into the bye. And I would expect Washington's defense is going to dictate the tempo, the pace of this one, which isn't good uh, for anyone outside of maybe Julio Jones. Even Matt Ryan, I suppose it's a luxury to have a quarterback better than Matt Ryan this week. So it's possible you drafted Jared Goff or Patrick Mahomes to go along with him, Kirk Cousins or someone like that. I, I would still lower expectations across the offense. So guys like Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu, Austin Hooper at tight end, the Tevin Coleman, like you might break ties against these guys because of how Washington's defense is performing, especially at home. And then what that means, James, of course, is... You know, I mean, it's, it's Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson for two yards, Adrian Peterson for three yards. And then it's unbelievable. And, and then at the end of the game, because Adrian Peterson is a, a not human. Adrian Peterson just dresses up as Adrian Peterson every Halloween, you know, uh, <laughs> because the, the dude, I mean, where he's drawing his energy from. And he, I'm sure he's playing through debilitating injuries. I mean, he's playing through injuries. Like if you could zap into his body for a second and feel what it feels like for Adrian Peterson, you probably like, how how is he doing it? So, you know, this is kind of like a, a ghost story or a tall tale. But uh, I would say that that means even Jordan Reed, he got some volume last week. I suppose that he's above the line for tight ends. Uh, but Alex Smith taking on the personality of Alex Smith, you know, just keep it close. Don't make any mistakes. And in the end, win, which could be good enough to lose to Seattle in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, if they make it, I think the Eagles, uh, with the addition of Golden Tate looking good for the division, but obviously Redskins out in front. The I should say the racists out yeah. in front. Um, but uh, Washington, yeah, the Adrian, the resurgence of Adrian Peterson, one of the craziest, if not craziest, story of the year. Um, I have some theories on uh, on how he could be recovering, you know, but mm. we, won't, we won't get into those. Segments. What's the trick or treat bag? Let's move on. To the four o'clock slate, uh, three solid games, one great one in the uh, the four o'clock slate. Let's get the uh, the two solid out of the way, and then we'll get to the great one. As the uh, the Texans head into Denver to take on a Broncos team that kind of hung with the Chiefs last week, not really. I think the final score was a little closer than the game actually was, but um, a Texans team that's won five straight games and just steals Demarius Thomas away from the Broncos. At a hefty price, at least in my mind. But, Sigmund, what do you think about this one from a fantasy perspective? Uh, Denver without uh, Demarius Thomas, that means Cortland Sutton is safer, a la 
uh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay safer to play uh, Manuel Sanders. If, real quick, if yeah. people had listened to Sigmund Bloom, yeah. they would already have Cortland Sutton yeah. on their team. Just saying. Yeah, but we we tried to give you the heads up a couple of weeks ago about the strong possibility of one of the Broncos receivers getting traded, uh, and Philip Lindsay maybe gets a few more touches. You, at this point, like if you've left Lindsay on your bench, you know not to. Uh, and you, in the Houston side, the acquisition of Demarius Thomas it helps Deshaun Watson a lot. Without that credible threat, without Will Fuller, we've seen this offense very different. I don't know if we're going to see Kiki Cutie. Uh, maybe with the bye next week, they air on the side of saving him. Uh, more Lamar Miller. We see that this team is going to continue to skew run heavy. They don't want to leave, especially against Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb. They don't want to leave Deshaun Watson back there, even though he's healthy now, to take a ton of hits. Their defense can do some of the heavy lifting. So this is probably going to be a 2017 kind of game. Uh, Jordan Thomas will be an interesting guy to watch after having two touchdowns last week. Uh, although that's Miami. Michael Roberts had two touchdowns. Maybe it's Chris Herndon uh, having two touchdowns this week going back to that game following that trend. Uh, but Houston, you like seeing a team that started 0-3, not just playing to uh, win the division, but, you know, James, we can project forward and say, Deshaun Watson goes into uh, Pittsburgh or Deshaun Watson goes into Kansas City or Deshaun Watson goes into Foxborough, he can at least make us pause for a second and say he might be able to keep up with those quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I think uh, especially if he didn't have his coach weighing him down, he could be uh, <laughs> even better. All right, uh, Sigmund, uh, moving on. Uh, another interesting 4 o'clock game, I would say, is the uh, – both teams over 500. The Chargers coming off a of bye. We get some of those good players back that we love to play. The Melvin Gordons and Phillip Rivers heading into Seattle to take a, a kind of um, a, an interesting Seattle team that's that's kind of found their group yeah. a little bit offensively. What do you think of this one? Yeah, I think we all, I don't say we all and speak for everybody, but a lot of uh, people, including myself, thought, woo, this is a rebuilding year for Seattle, kind of back to square one. But you can see they've got buy-in. They've got, this sort of the same story as five, six years ago. They've got buy-in. They've got uh, a blueprint that matches the kinds of talents that they have. They've got Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson is amazingly efficient on a low volume. Maybe Phillips Rivers uh, Gets land some counter punches here, and we have more of a shootout. So you could see Chris Carson in the running game is still doing so well. You're going to plug him in as a running back too. But you could see if with more volume, maybe a bounce back game for Doug Baldwin, David Moore. All he does is catch touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Lockett. All he does is catch touchdowns. You know, it's the theme here with Russell Wilson. So even though Russell Wilson is being very limited by volume, if he just throws 30 or 35 times in a game, he's going to be a top three fancy quarterback that week. That could be this week. Keaton Allen got started in the second half after a slow first half last year and was a league winner type numbers for a stretch that could start this week against Seattle Melvin Gordon we're going to watch his practice participation and it was limited you just want you're thinking Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette you're just thinking I just don't want him to get hurt even if you absorb us 80 total yards in the touchdown game in this one uh, Tyrell Williams was red hot going into the bye so maybe you go back to the well with him it, it and we are also evaluating as we're thinking maybe Seattle isn't as far from the old Seattle teams as if this is a tough defense at home because it used to be when quarterbacks offenses would go to seattle we'd say lower expectations this will be a good test case of that for the second half yeah i think it's a really interesting game here especially for a chargers team that is a real quiet five and two and as we've talked about before there are only two losses to potentially the two best teams in football so um yeah they're an interesting team and i think it's an interesting game for them coming off of bye all right sigma let's get to it the sunday nighters fun as well we'll get to that but I think the the 425 are here on Sunday, the clear game of the week. One 
could argue the game of the season to this point, both from a, a real NFL perspective and maybe even a fantasy perspective as well with all the guys involved. Sigmund, let's head to your favorite city, or at least one of them I know, yeah. uh, as the Los Angeles Rams head into New Orleans to take on the Saints in a massive NFC. Oh, you love it. The power structure here. Um so from a fantasy perspective, uh, we'll see if Cooper Cup is back. If he's back, he's right back in your lineup. Either way, you're playing Woods and Cooks and uh, the hurly Gurley man and Jared Goff. Um, New Orleans defense just is coming together. Isn't this so familiar, James? Just as New Orleans defense is coming together, now it's Marcus Davenport, their mm-hmm. pass rusher. And a lot of criticism of that move to trade two first-round picks for him, but he was making an impact and making more of an impact every week. And this is him just scratching the surface, not scratching anything now as so he'll be out, which I think helps the case of that Rams the offense um and they did get eli apple at least a legit credible number two corner to plug that hole in their defense and then with the rams you know they get a legit edge rusher and dante fowler but it's the saints and what we are curious about the saints here is it they want to run the ball more than they pass they want to be a, a, a game script where you're disappointed that you played drew Brees and anyone he throws the ball to but the rams should force them to open this one up so you're more inclined to maybe to give traquan smith another chance uh maybe a little more alvin kamara a little less uh mark ingram running at that very tough defensive line but mostly this one's just entertainment and it, it's really great that we look through the Rams schedule and we're going to see them play you know just like last week we saw them play Green Bay, we've seen them play Minnesota, we're going to see them play New Orleans, we're going to see them play Kansas City. So the schedule is kind to us for getting to see how the Rams match up against some of these teams because their defense is starting to come together now and we already know what their offense can do. Yeah, and as you mentioned before, adding Dante Fowler, I'm with you. Uh, this is a an awesome, awesome game, and uh, certainly excited to watch. Excited for the Eagles to have a bye, and I can actually pay attention to some of this stuff a little more. So I'm excited for this one. Uh, as well, and, and uh, I actually heard that song, Donovan. Uh, I can't remember. If I think I was watching a TV show or something, and it, you know, hoodie goodie man, and I and I immediately thought of you. So that's what you've done to me, Sigmund. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, I said a fun Sunday nighter, yeah. and it is as long as no one takes the fucking ball <laughs> out of the end zone if Aaron Rodgers tells him not to, because you will lose your job, Sigmund, or at least have to get another job in another place, Sigmund. The uh, the Ty Montgomery list Packers heading in to New England on Sunday night, a big one here. Yeah. The Packers desperate need of a win, um, but from a fantasy perspective, a lot of relevance too. What do you think of this one? And I'm just glad that this is not a Monday night game because if it is, if it was, we would have to deal with listening basically to Jason Witten uh, flate these two cool- <laughs> for the entire game. Like, oh yeah, there's a game going on. I mean, last time uh, it's so that, that just is an aside. You're, that'll play well to a Philly crowd. Uh, but, you know, this is going to be up fantastic. Just like last week, whoever gets the ball last, uh, as long as you don't fumble it away on a kickoff return. So now the Green Bay has an excellent budding shutdown corner and Jair Alexander. Uh, you know, on the other side of that Marcus Davenport trade, they got an extra first round pick and got someone that they would have been very happy with if they just stayed at their original first round pick. Maybe that limits um, Josh Gordon a little bit. He did a tremendous job on Brandon Cooks last week, former Patriot. Uh, so a little more Julian Edelman. Oh, they want to watch the early practice situation with him to watch. Oh, Rob Gronkowski. I mean, 
uh, this is where you see my Achilles heel as a fantasy player that I am sentimental about certain players and mm-hmm. I never I'm, I'm not subscribing to the be a year early instead of a year late looking for the, the drop off but I think that you can see at least this year the back is giving a problem he's stiffer he's slower than usual and he's just not as much of a centerpiece of the offense has actually been James White uh, been doing a ton of the the work for this offense. We'll see if Sonny Michelle can come back. Uh, you would expect that he would get a lot of work if he does, because it might actually be the you know the Patriots already had one of these back and forth games with Kansas City, and you would think actually Belichick, even with Brady and the weapons they have, might want to slow this one down a little bit. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers is just chomping that just give me a chance. Of course, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones with the trade of Ty Montgomery becomes a safer play here. Uh, he looks fantastic. Just get him 15 or 18 touches in a game. Let's see what can happen here. Jimmy Graham, you feel a little less trust in because now after Devontae Adams, it's kind of a committee of the young receivers and uh, Randall Cobb. You're mixing in some downfield passing. You're mixing in some wide receiver screens to Cobb and not as many targets for Jimmy Graham. So we're going to watch that. You're probably still going to play him. Um, but th- you know, th- this should be a game where these defenses are going to be run ragged. And it really is. I mean, this is something we get to see uh, once every four years um, and probably the last time, unless they meet in a Super Bowl, that we'll get to see these two match up. So I, I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's a great point. I, you know, you, like only once every four years we've gotten to see Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, and uh, and this could be the last one. It's a great point, Sigmund, and that uh, that should be a lot of fun. And from a fantasy perspective, I'm with you. It is going to be hard for either of these defenses the way they looked have looked so far, and I think Green Bay's looked a little bit better than New England's, but. Um, it's going to be hard for either of these defenses to stop these offenses. So, like you said, if, if Belichick decides to slow it down, maybe it tempers it a little bit. But I, I'm with, this is going to be a tough one uh, for the defenses. Uh, I'm with you about that. All right, Sigmund, Monday nighter before we get inside your mind. And I can tell you, I'm sure uh, I think at least going inside your mind is going to be a lot more fun than this football game. This is another one with uh sadly after a couple fun ones in a row uh, just a uh ugly i feel like there's going to be an ugly football game segment the tennessee titans heading into dallas to take on the dallas yeah. cowgirls what do you think about this This is going to be like sumo wrestling or something you know or like a, rug, it's a, such rug, a, uh, a rugby it's scrum like, you know ah uh, it's just a gross game yeah jason jason garrett i it's it I, look i love it as an eagles fan watching this guy try to try to run an offense but um, it is it is a tough watch, man. It is, and that doesn't mean that you know they got Amari Cooper, the big unveil of Amari Cooper. If he gets matched up with Malcolm Butler, maybe there'd be something there. It'll be interesting to see how they deploy him. Uh, Ezekiel is still the only thing you can trust there on the Tennessee side. We're just looking for some semblance of an identity and, and coordination to this offense. What are you What are you going to do coming out of the bye week? Um, hopefully feed Dion Lewis, but you're not trusting anybody in this Titans offense. You're in more fact-finding mode. This feels like a 16-13. We remember the Houston-Dallas primetime game earlier this year. Um, that It's going to be like that, but with a less dynamic quarterback on the other side. Uh, so, yeah, this is, these two teams will probably be very content to play a field position game, see if we can get a turnover, maybe some sort of special teams, uh, momentum swinger, and another one that we can like sleep through. Yeah, and uh, uh, maybe we'll be able to not have to listen to Jason Witt and we can like mute the game or right. something. Put on the ESPN Deportes. There we go. It is better. I don't even care if I understand a word they're saying. It's, it's not It's not worse than Jason Witt. Uh, all right. Uh, who cares what the Cowboys sing? Let's, uh, let's have a little fun. Let's go inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom. And again, remember, footballguys.com worth 
uh, worth the subscription. They have great content over there. And, of course, the Audible and at Sigmund Bloom on Twitter. All right, inside the Minus Sigmund Bloom, we're just going to have a little fun this week, Sigmund. You know, we like to have fun with some probing questions, some deep questions, but it's Halloween. It's that time of year. We're just going to have fun with some Halloween and scary-type questions. So let's start it off with a, a classic, classic Halloween question, Sigmund. What's the best Halloween costume you've ever worn? Well, see, this one's tough because I'm not, I've never been, I'm not a festive person. I'm kind of a ball humbug person when it comes oh, to Oh, segment. I know, I know, I know. I, I have never, I've never really gone into Halloween costumes. But the good news about that is the one time that I really put a lot of effort into dressing up was the first Halloween show that our mutual favorite band, Fish, uh, played 24 years ago today in Glens Falls. And I can't remember another show, maybe Big Cypress, that there was more anticipation for. And I chose to go, this is good just for me and you and the, the 10% or 5% of the <laughs> uh, as Mr. Palmer. And I had my my accountant, you know. Oh, that's awesome! Suit. I had my noose, I had the noose around my that's neck. That's so cool. I had money flowing out of my pockets, uh, you know. That is awesome. And I will tell it like it is. Uh, ACDC bag by Fish. If anyone's interested, um, but that is uh, that is awesome. And of course, Fish covered the White Album that night. Very cool. Uh, by the Beatles, um, the Not, musical uh, costume. Only after faking everybody out that it was going to be Dark Side of the Moon. Yes, which they would later play in its entirety. At Two some days random after show. Halloween. Yeah, some random show in Utah. Um, they're a fun band. All right, Sigmund, question number two. Uh, what is the scariest movie you've ever seen? Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of do a two-part answer here. Um, cool. Because I love I love double answers. Because on, on one hand, I would say... Um, I, <sighs> I love psychological thrillers. I think that me too. The psychological horror is is better because it stays with you because it's possible. It's not it's not outlandish. And I really think that um, I would just go back to the Serpent and the Rainbow uh, as a you know a, a, a film that involves um, voodoo and trifling with black magic forces that you're not aware of, where the rules are different and the world as you understand it. Um, doesn't apply to a world that you end up in. And, you know, um, Rosemary's Baby is also excellent along this way. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be like people jumping out of closets and things like that. I agree with you. It'd be scary. It's more in your mind. It's kind of like the Lebowski quote, like the brain is the largest erogenous zone or something like that. Well, likewise, it's like what makes you your thoughts scared more than the visceral things. But I also want to say that, I don't know, I think it was in the 80s when Charles Manson did a... Um, jail interview charles manson interviews are strangely compelling sometimes you know he'll ramble and be incoherent and then all of a sudden sound lucid for a second and then ramble and i watched one of those oh, i was probably about 20 years ago and that night i swear that he that came and visited me in my dreams and kind of was conveying to me again like turp in the rainbow that he's got he had access to things that the rest of us didn't and to respect those things and not mock them or trifle with them again. So if there's a note for everybody on this Halloween, this day that's supposed to be when like the spirits walk the earth, um, it is respect those, respect all of those uh, forces out there that we don't understand. 
That is a that is a good answer. All right, speaking going from uh, Charles Manson, Charles Manson, a uh, real life scary character, as it were. Who is the scariest fictional character? The scariest fictional character. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Movies, books, TV, whatever you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean it's this is tough. It's tough. Oh, I'll, it's I'll, tough. I'll, it's I'll, broad. I'll give, I'll give. I'll give you. I'll give you. I got one. I got one. I got one. Mm-hmm. Anton Sugar. From uh, oh no no uh, no country no for old country men. for old men yeah and give a, and, and some of that is the way it was animated brought to life by Javier Bardem but the um, truly like a personification of death you know a personification totally. of of something that the Grim Reaper almost truly the Grim Reaper that none of us can escape like that when it's your turn it's your turn when your numbers up your numbers up and there's and no matter how much you resist or how much you try to throw death off your trail. Death, when death's coming for you, death is going to get you. So, uh, yeah, I think that it, he, the way that he was truly undeniable. And then, of course, you have the larger sense of No Country for Old Men as a narrative, basically coming back like an Ouroboros and eating its tail and saying, narratives don't matter. There is no sense to anything. There is no like a no, sort of nihilist. Nihilist, yeah. What, what was it all for? What did it all mean? This guy came and killed a bunch of people. Because someone tried to take some money, at the end. Uh, nah, Anton and 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 have have your Like, there's so many speeches and um and scenes. Oh, it's amazing. It's really the coin flipping and yeah. all of it. What, you've been putting it up your whole life, you know. Yeah, a la uh, Charles Manson. Sometimes what he said would make too much sense and kind of freak you out. Yeah, well done. All right, uh, last one. We'll end on a fun note. Uh, go, going from uh, the Grim Reaper uh, to. Best and worst Halloween candy. Okay, so I'm going to take advantage. I'm going to this opportunity because there are lots of. Okay, I could say like Reese's cups or something, Twizzlers. Like, sure, sure. But I'm going to say I want to take an opportunity to say because um, a while back, WGR, tremendous station in Buffalo, you know, mm-hmm. they did a Halloween candy draft, and I did them the um, uh, pleasure of rate, rating, ranking, grading their drafts, you know? Oh, I like that. That's and, good work. And it was like six rounds and I think six people. I mean, there was, you know, we went like 20, 25, 30, 35 deep. And, Took it pretty seriously. Yeah. And there was no candy with coconut. None. There was no Zagnut. There was no Almond Joy. There was no Mounds. There was no Chico Stick. Co- toasted coconut is good. Coconut and, cho- <laughs> coconut and chocolate is a tremendous combination. Coconut and chocolate is fantastic. There used to be a Ben and Jerry's flavor. Um, I think it was called Urban Jumbles when they're mixed up flavors. Or co- coconut almond fudge chip. Coconut and chocolate is good together. Toasted coconut and peanut butter is good together. So I, I agree with you. I I disagree with you though about mounds. Yeah, and the dark chocolate. Joys. Well, maybe it's because it's yeah. quality chocolate. But I'm just. I mean, that's that more like wet, dewy. Um, uh, yes, uh, and the texture and all of yeah, it, not great. I understand. But I'm with you on the flavor. I agree with you. Coconut is very is underrated. I thought I was just remiss that they had done all of these candies and not one of them had coconut in them. Worst. Um, Oh, there's so many that I want to call out right now. <laughs> I hate to just pick one, you know. Uh, you could take a couple if you want. Take some shots. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Okay, like 
the Hershey's miniatures, you just would toss out the dark Hershey's dark chocolate. Hershey does. Oh, I th- yeah. Hershey's right does not dark chocolate. Whoppers just basically like dry out your mouth and totally feel like you're agree. Some sort of stale styrofoam. Uh, black licorice is terrible, and this like terrible. It's just I, you know. Um, it's disgusting. It really, I'd rather get an apple. It you no, know, it really is. It it, it truly, truly is. Um, it, it, what is there? Is there a worst one that just takes the cake? Hmm. You know, that's tough. That's tough because I'm a connoisseur. I like sweets. I like candy. So yeah, we can tell you. You, you dove right into this. You're great. Oh, well, wait, candy drafts. So it's not that hard I, to figure out. I and I'm especially sour candy. So I have like a. I would. I, I want to try every too. kind of chewy sour candy I can. I have them all ranked and all the qualities. Like the way people are about like sommeliers about wine. Um, that's the way that I am about. Oh my god, you have to give me your ranking. I love. I'm all about. That is my favorite thing. Yeah, Sour, yeah. yeah, yeah it's a shock it. to the love system. It, oh, it. shocks the brain. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah, I guess I'll just go ahead and officially say whoppers here, and then maybe next week, like I'm gonna sit up straight in the bed at like three in the morning and be like, ah, oh, I should have said, and and I'll say it next week. We can correct it then. That is uh, that'll work because and 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 whoppers, a fine answer. They're disgusting. Yeah, I just don't understand right. malted milk, but it's it's basically it tastes like something that had been left out for way too long. It's a waste of candy, waste of calories. A hundred percent with you, Sigmund. Thank you as always, my friend. Oh, thank you, and uh, it's 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 really I I I hope that uh, everybody has a great Halloween, and I I look forward to seeing what it was in everyone's trick or treat bags when we see how our scores are tabulated this week. Ha. <laughs> Well done. All right, brother. I'll talk to you next week. Yeehaw. Yeehaw indeed, Zygmunt. I look forward to next week. As always, until then, good luck in your Week 9 matchups. Please feel free to reach out on Twitter at James Seltzer, at Sigmund Bloom, any lineup questions or anything of the like. So, again, until next week, good luck this weekend. And, of course, as always, go Birds!